0: Thank you very much. Good evening, everyone. Um, I hope everyone just saw that savage move Stephen just pulled right now. And I will, I will remember that. Um, but I'm so excited to be speaking with you. I believe I've got a word for you. Um, but before I get into it, can we pray? Is it okay? Yes, yes. Father God, I thank you that Wow, your presence just came strong today. And Lord Jesus, we don't want to just miss it. We want to just pause and say, Lord, you are so worthy. You are so welcome here, Lord Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now that as I can speak, wear me like a glove, use me, speak through me, Lord Jesus. And Lord Jesus, lastly, I thank you For yesterday, Lord Jesus, 5-1 Manchester United, keep blessing the team, in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen, amen and amen, let's get into it. I am going to be reading from Ecclesiastes 3 verse 2, let's start there. When you get there, just say sure. If you're still on the way, say wait for me. Is everyone there? While we're turning there, hello to the Zoom guys. We love you. We see you. Um, And also the guys on the balcony. Hello, hello, hello. All right, fantastic. Let's get into it. It's Ecclesiastes 3 a time for everything. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter the stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. Hmm. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time to war and a time to peace. And then let's turn over to our next scripture, which is our final reading, and then you guys can relax. It is in Romans 6. Romans 6. While we're turning there, I had a friend in high school who would always say segisi instead of six. And every time we'd actually construct situations where we'd be like, hey, what time is it? Uh, it's 10 to segisi. We'd like, yeah, ne? it's fantastic. We were terrible, I tell you. Romans 6, are you guys there? What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so the grace may increase? By no means we are those who have died to sin. Everyone say, died to sin. Say it again. Everyone say, died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We therefore, we were therefore buried with him through the baptism into into the death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may be raised to life. Jesus, help me in this message. Amen. There are beginnings and there are endings. I love beginnings. Beginnings are awesome because they, they evoke beautiful memories. That first day when you started Jolaring. Jolaring is a colloquial term for Dating. When you first start dating a person or you start talking to a person that you really enjoy, you find yourself sitting on the kitchen counter on the phone. Jiggy, jiggy, you're walking around in the garden still on the phone. And it is just amazing. And the beginning of things are amazing. Another thing that I find incredible, and th- which is a beautiful beginning, which I find funny sometimes, is the first day of school. Every year this day comes when my social media is flooded and Twitter is flooded and Facebook is flooded of parents whose kids are going to school for the first time and you see the kids are like, you know, and some of them look awkward and look weird and in the uniform and they're like, ah, it's their first day at school and they're so excited. For some of us, new beginnings might be a new job and you got your new job and the paycheck just clocked and you're like, oh my gosh. There are zeros in there. God is good. New beginnings are awesome. They're fantastic. One of the most beautiful beginnings that I find fascinating is childbirth. Now, when I was in school, we had an idea about how childbirth happened. But when we watched the video in grade 10 of the actual birth, It was fascinating to say the least. All the boys were shocked. We were looking at each other. We were like, we didn't know that happened. But you see, the beauty of childbirth, if you really look deep into it, it's when eternity and humanity collide through the birth canal of the womb. This is where you, who were formed before, 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 before the world even existed, God knew you, and you are birthed into life, and God blows his breath, and you'll come out, and you start crying, and bam, your purpose begins on earth. This is the beauty of childbirth. It is the power and the miracle of childbirth. The beauty about it is if you go back to when, when Adam was formed, We had God who said, let us make man in our own image. God didn't just speak you out and say, okay, Adam, be alive. No, he personally bent over and formed him with his personal hands with his personal hands and not only that after he formed him in his own image he blew his personal breath into Adam and Adam became a living soul a living a living being he became aware of himself with the breath of God himself and before I continue with this message I want to let you guys know that you serve a personal God a personal God who is interested in the personal self that is you who knows you who designed you who made you specifically the way that you are. Everyone say personally. Say it again, personally. So personally did God make you that when it came time to reconcile you, Jesus stepped personally out of heaven, came to earth personally, born in a human bodily form, God all by himself, born in a human form, walked as us on earth personally to draw you personally to him. He is a personal God. The God that you, that you need to discover isn't a God. I'm taking off my glasses because I feel something. The God that you need to discover is not on a five-minute clip that you see on social media. That is not a God that, need, that you need. The God that you need is not a God that is debated and, oh, that is not the God that you need. Because what, the God that you need is a God that can speak personally to you. Oh, it's 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 a God. He's a God that sees you crying when no one else sees you. He's a God that sees your disappointments. He's a God that claps for you. Like, wow, I'm so proud of you. This is the God that we serve. He's a personal God, and the personal nature of Him. It brings so much joy to me because I don't have to strive and I don't have to work to gain his approval because he's interested in me. And Before I carry on, I want you to put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Thank you, Lord, for being personal with me. Oh, he knows you. He's so intricately involved in you. Your birth was a significant moment in history. You guys missed it. Like, I'm gonna try it this side. Your birth was a significant moment in history. When you came alive, all of earth stood still. They were like, wow, this is it. Time has come. So the beginnings are awesome, and births are incredible. And one of the most important relationships we have is our relationship with Jesus. Because when we come to Him, we are a newborn, we, we are born again. We are a new creation in Christ. Our old self is dead, and our new self comes to life. But it would be reminiscent of me to talk about new beginnings and new births if I didn't talk about a death. God calls us to death. He calls us to die to self. To die to who I used to be, so I can embrace who he's called me to be. And what I've seen in this generation, I don't know if you guys have seen it, is we've got a people that want to live a resurrected life while refusing to die to their old life. I'm going to get deeper on that. I want to live for Christ and I want to worship Him, but I want to still hang around in my old circles. I want to embrace a new testimony, but every time, every now and again, I just want to hang out with the people that I used to hang out with and talk the language that I used to hang out with. And we live in this dualism that is making us tired. That is leaving us empty. That is leaving us frustrated. Because we're like, Lord, why aren't I accessing the life that I have in you and the life that you have for me? And I want to tell you today that at some point in your life, there is a death. That needs to happen. A death. Mamiala, how, how prove this to me? Let's go Bible. Are you with me? Are you guys okay? Luke 14 27. Whoever does not bear his own cross. And come after me, cannot be my disciple. Philippians 1.21, for, 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 to me, for, for me to live is Christ and to die is, great, is, is gain. Um, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual yes. worship. There are people here that have had dreams. <laughs> You've grown up with the idea of how your life should look like how your ideal husband or wife should look like. And I know you guys are going to look at me and pretend like you don't know what I'm talking about, but you guys know what I'm talking about. You know them lists that you guys draw up and you're like, oh, he must be like this and he must be this gorgeous. All of those ideals that we have and we hold them dear. And I would like to tell you that at some point, if you want to get to God and you want to get to what he has for you, you have to die to self. And can I tell you something, honest? It is a continual death. It is not a once-off death. You have to die to yourself daily. Daily. And as you die to self, something is going to happen. And I'll tell you about that now. But to give you a personal story, I was in varsity. I, I studied law. I but, studied law. I did the board exams. Man, I was going to be a lawyer. I was feeling myself. I was like, yes, Lord, I, I am going to be a lawyer. This is it. This is it. And you know when you get to the end of your studies and, and your parents and your family like, so what's next? Have you got any year of your life is here? Can you, can you, can you put up your hands? Have you guys had those questions yet? What's going to happen next year? And you're like, I don't know what's going to happen next year, but I'm seeking the Lord, which might be fine for some families, but for most of our families, they're like, you're seeking what? You better have a plan or something, right? You better have something. Hmm. We have our ideals. And so... In my life, uh, I had my ideas. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to make a lot of money, and I wanted to be cool. And um, there came a point in my life where I was like, okay, Lord, I'm ready. I've written the board exams. Everything that I can possibly do is done but be a lawyer. I was like, yes. I was so proud of myself. Guys, I was full of pride. I was astute. I was intellectual. I was smart. I believed it. I walked it out. And there came a period of two months where I was frustrated. I was like, Lord, I I feel there's a next step, but I don't feel peace about taking that next step. I don't know whether I'm coming or going. And the profundity of this message and the profundity of this statement is a death had to happen there. A death of my ideal had to happen. And can I tell you guys where that death happened? It happened right at this very point, at this stage. There was some American guy that came and, He had a worship concert and I was like, you know, that's too expensive, man. 200 bucks for a concert. Come on, Lord, you got to be kidding me, you know. And what's my last 200 bucks? Have you guys ever been so broke that when you ask people for money, like especially family, they're like, yeah, we'll give you the money. But, you know, I don't know. My car's kind of dirty. I'm just mentioning it, you know. I don't know what you want to do with it. And it's like, oh, man, I don't want to ask people for money. This is ridiculous. But anyhow, I did. And I came. And my prayer was, Lord, your will be done in my life. I can't anymore. I've tried to direct this every way possible. But I cannot do this anymore. And right there and then I said, Lord, I lay it down. I'm just going to worship you for who you are. Whether you tell me what I'm doing next year, I don't care, but I'm focusing on you. And as I I worshiped God, little did I know that behind the scenes, he orchestrated a moment where the death of me was the birth of me. And so many times, We refuse to die to self because we don't have faith enough to believe that God will resurrect us. We refuse to die to toxic relationships because we think we cannot get better. Oh Lord, I cannot leave this job because we don't believe that he can give us better. And what I want to tell you today is God has better for you. He has better for you. And if he tells you to leave something, he's not a God that will tell you to leave something if he's not going to give you better. Because he has a call and he has a destiny over your life. But there has to be a choice. He's not going to push you to die to self. It has to be an intentional choice to die to self. Yes, yes? Ah, oh, it, gets, it gets better. It gets better. Everyone take a deep breath in and out. Romans 6, 4. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And I want you to close your eyes right now. Because as I am speaking right now, the Holy Spirit might be highlighting things that need to die. things that we've held dear. Perhaps relationships that we've held dear. Perhaps a complacency in our relationship with God. And as you get that in your heart, I want you to speak to God and say, Lord, I I need to die from this. It could be people-pleasing. It could be pride. It could be arrogance. There are things that need to die in your life for you to access the new life that he has for you. Holy Spirit, We want to be an authentic generation that is real with you. And Holy Spirit, we know that there are things that need to disappear in our lives, that need to die. Some things that have been there for a long time, and tonight, time is up. So come, Holy Spirit. Reveal the things that we need to let go of. As we step into the newness that you have for us. In Jesus' name. Hmm. When we die to self, it is not just for the sake of death. Because when Jesus died... He died, and He rose again. He was resurrected. And there are things in your life that can only be resurrected by Him. And I, I would like to speak and encourage you and say God wants to resurrect you. He wants you to love the fullness of the life that He's prepared for you. The fullness of Not the partial life, the fullness of the life that He's prepared for you. And if I could actually go deeper and I can get, can I get real with you guys? Is it okay if I get real? It is possible to live in a Christian rhythm for so long that you lose the wonder of who He is. That you just completely lose it. But you know how to talk Christianese and you even know how to pray Christianese and You know, you get the one or two goosebumps here and there, and that's nice. But is that really the fullness? Is that really it? Because if that is it, then we are wasting our time. Because we've got a generation out there that is lost. We've got a generation that is confused. We've got a generation that is asking questions. And the questions are being answered by people who haven't had a personal relationship with Him. And we need a generation that has been personally touched by God to speak to a people that need a personal touch by Him. So that when they speak to them, we're not just giving them intellectual arguments, but we're giving them a person. And when they capture the person, everything is changed. John Wimber says, More is taught than more is caught than taught. There are some things that we can teach, and there are some things that we can catch. Let me prove it to you. See that Conway guy? Conway, wave to the people. I absolutely enjoy Conway. He's one of the most handsomest guys I know. And uh, I know Conway. If I don't know Conway, Right? And I hear about Conway from the corners. Conway' is like this. "Oh, he's like that. he's like that. Oh, that's that's nice. I'm sure he's a nice guy., eh, he sounds like a cooler, cooler guy, cooler guy, right? You, you'll know him, but it will be at a distance. But when I start spending time with Conway, And I really know who he is. And I start relating with him. I start realizing, wow, God has got this on your life. He's got that on your life. And he does the same. A relational bond is connected. And what happens? When someone comes into the circle, I don't say, hey, do you know about Conway? You're like, hey, come, I need you you to introduce you to Conway. And hey, Conway, this is so-and-so. And they can get an encounter with Conway themselves. On social media... The bride of Christ is getting distracted by arguments that have nothing to do with the person of who he is. And I can tell you right now, if people knew who he really was, if they really discovered who he was, they would not, they would not help but worship him. They would not help but worship him. And working in youth ministry, I can tell you right now, because we do worship all the time, and it is incredible, and it's amazing. But, you know, you know high schoolers, they don't play, you know. If they're feeling you, they feel. If they, if, if they are not feeling you, trust me, they will whip out their phones. And they'll be like, all right, let's, let's uh, check some Instagram while this message is going. And in the beginning, I used to be like, Lord, what is wrong with these people? They need to smack upside the head or something, shake them together. And then God's like, if they really knew me, if they really knew my, if they really encountered me, they would not help. They would not help but fall in love with me. Mami Allah, why are you sharing all of this? What I am saying is when you come to the death of yourself, and you are raised to life again, and you are raised and resurrected in Christ, when you encounter people, you don't just give them information, you give them a person. What does that look like in my practical life? When you walk the year of your life, you are walking with the person of Jesus Christ. A person that I've encountered when you go outside of young adults, when you go to work, you are going with a person. When you play an instrument, you are playing with Jesus right there. And when people encounter you, you start hearing things of, I don't know, but there's something different about you, hey? I don't know when I'm when I'm around you, it's just something different. And then you, obviously you get those people that are like, your aura, hey, hey, when I'm around you, your aura. And your energy, um, and you're like, let me tell you about that energy. Have you heard about Jesus? He's my energy. Actually, do you want some Jesus? Can I pray for you? That that that's what happens because the world is—they they are spiritually aware. They can sense something, but they don't know what they need. They need a person. They need a person, and his name is Jesus. And that person is saying, hey, I want to use your life to the maximum, but I want you to die. I want you to die to self. The most intimate moments you're going to have with God and the most deepest moments you're going to have with God is when you come to the end of yourself. When 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 you say, Lord, I cannot do this anymore. I had to come to that point where I was like, Lord, church is boring me. I need to encounter you because I could be doing so many other things right now. And then I started to encounter him slowly but surely. And in the spirit, the more you encounter him, do you know what happens? The hungrier you get. The hungrier you get. You're like, I want to know this God. And when the creator and the created come face to face, When the blueprint and the creator of the blueprint comes to place, you begin to see yourself differently. Liesl sang about it, to see you face to face. When you see God face to face, you will see yourself differently. You will walk differently. You will speak differently. You will pray differently. Because what will happen? God will illuminate and he will reveal who he's he's called you to be and who he's created you to be. Some of you could be at the right place, but you need God to look at you face to face. And when he looks at you face to face, your life will have meaning. The self-help books are not going to help you. The videos are not going to help you on purpose. I mean, they're great. I mean, they're they're an added supplement. Can, can I can I go off of scripture of script? Sorry, not of scripture. We love of supplements, and I I personally came to that point where I was fed by sermons, loved sermons, I was fed by sermons, and I was fed by everything else but the Word of God, and I began to realize, as, as, as awesome as supplements are, I need the Word of God itself. I need that Word. I need it in me. Because when all hell is breaking loose, I need this word. When I'm opening up my phone and there's R.I.P. after R.I.P. and people dying. And before I know it, my family's like, hey, so-and-so has passed away. Oh, it's terrible. Hey, so-and-so has got COVID. Oh, we're praying for him. The supplements are not going to help you. You need the word of God that is put inside of you when people come in contact with you they're like oh man we live, in a, we live in a terrible time and you say can I tell you about Jesus because though we live in a terrible time hey man I've got a God who can, who can take you through this thing yes yes but supplements are not right fine cool they're great, they're great. we need the word of God yes yes the balcony, are you there? Yes, yes. We need the Word of God. But the Word of God is a dangerous book without the Spirit. And this is why I speak about the Creator and the Creator coming face to face. Because the Bible was written in the, with the every intention that the Holy Spirit will guide you and show you how to read it. And we are living in a time where the Word of God is used to project agendas that is not God at all. Dare I say the Pharisees knew the word back to front. They were astute scholars of the scripture. But they did not know him. And if you are going to live a victorious life, you need a God that is whispering to you. and Say, hey, this is what I mean. Hey, I need you to read this because you need this for the season that you're in. But in order to encapsulate my message and what I'm trying to say to you is the end of yourself is the beginning of yourself. Have you ever wondered what my life would look like at 100% full tilt yielded to God? Nothing else matters. Have you ever wondered how that would be? Fear aside, you're not scared of anything. You are just moving and going after God full force. What would it look like? A life that is continually connected with him. Consistently. No breaking in connection. What does that look like? Jesus modeled it. Jesus modeled it when he walked on earth. And it's available for us. And I want to bring this to a close. And I want to bring this to a landing. This wasn't a message that was, that was shouty. I did not intend to make you laugh. I did not intend to entertain you. But I want to speak frankly to a generation that is one of the most powerful generations because we're one of the most creative generations on earth. We've got so many options. Some people think options are a bad thing. I don't think options are a bad thing at all. Because when you choose Jesus, that yes will be very loud in the, midst of our, in the midst of our options. Jesus isn't competing with anybody. He is God all by himself. All seeing, all knowing, all sufficient God, the omniscient. He's not competing with anybody. But I want to tell you this. If you choose him today. And I mean, really choose him. Really choose him, say, "Lord, I want to live this life for you. Every decision I make, I'm running it, I'm running to you. I don't want to fit you into my life, but I want my life to fit into you. Once you make that decision, this book becomes transformational, not just educational. And I want your life to be transformed. Because when your life is transformed, when you walk, the Spirit speaks to you. Hey, I need you to pray for that guy. I want to heal him. What? What? Is that possible? Well, there's only one way to find out. Hey, when you're in the boardroom, hey, I want you to say that thing at that exact same time. And you realize, hey, the Holy Spirit is in everything. What does a resurrected life living in the fullness of his presence look like? Can we pray? Let's pray. Lord, the world is tired of fake Christians. The world is tired of confused Christians. The world is tired of lukewarm Christians that look hot, but compare themselves to sub-zero. The world is hungry for burning ones. And Jesus, I pray that you burn our hearts again. For the hour is urgent, Lord Jesus, burn our hearts. Lead us back into devotion with you. We give everything to you. Our plans, our futures, our our desires, our side hustles, our whatever. We give that to you. And we open up space where we can be completely consumed by you. And so Holy Spirit... This is a major call to a mass funeral of who we were and we want to be raised with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you are the resurrection and the life. And Lord, I pray from this day forth that we begin to encounter you all over again. I pray for wonder. I pray for childlikeness. I pray that we sit on your lap and ask you questions. I pray that we celebrate with you as we walk in your newness. I pray this in Jesus' name.